Hi, I'm the captain, and we're going to be doing another episode of uh, Survival of Us, and today we're going to be talking about, you know, actually surviving the winter. Um, so I kind of realized there are probably some people listening to this who have no idea what the winter in North America is like because they probably live in, oh, I don't know, the tropics, or <laughs> maybe, God bless you, you live in the northern climes, and it's just what I would call winter all the time. <laughs> you know, unless global warming got you. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You know. the, the one person that's sitting at the top of Canada. Yeah, yeah. Like, all by themselves listening to us in their winter lodge. We're probably his only friends. Leave him alone. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it's just us and the moose. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, winter here where we're at it typically lasts from, oh, I don't know, November till... February, you know, and it, uh, it March sometimes. Oh yeah, okay, fine, March. But oh uh, yeah, I, I would mean, say it depends okay. on what we're defining as winter. That's true. Because yeah. if we're just talking freezing temperatures, I mean, depending on the year, that started like early October. Yeah. True. <laughs> so, um, but but all the same, yeah, I, I think I think that's a fair enough point. Like. Those are definitely, like, November to February are definitely the harsh months. Oh, yeah. And basically, so. like, if you don't understand, it really kicks all of our collective butts because the, <laughs> the, the, the nights are longer, so it's darker. The weather is awful because there's snow and ice. Mm -hmm. uh, so driving is an ordeal. It's cold out. Um, I've had to explain to my friend who lives in California where it's apparently warm all the time. I had to explain to him that cold is like, you know, when you're playing in a video game and you take environmental damage, that's what cold is, except it's IRL, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, winter. Winter for us is just an awful time. So we're going to talk about how we survive it. And uh, we're going to start with the cold. And... Uh, I don't know. I survived the cold by just wearing lots of layers and drinking coffee and tea all the time. And we'll pass it on to a chief hiccup. <laughs> and that's the answer. And that's it. Yeah. Because you can't survive the cold. You just merely endure it until you, it stops. You just accept it. <laughs> <laughs> At least for me. You, you win the game of winter Yeah. if you can make it to spring. That's all you have to do. <laughs> Sound easy? Okay, well, we're going to tell you how it's not. Oh, gosh. Uh, so what element are we talking about first? Uh, I, I'm asking you, how do just you survive the cold? Oh, just in general? Yeah. Um, I like fires. Okay. Which, out of this context, would sound very bad. <laughs> <laughs> I like fires. I like fires. <laughs> I don't care what the season. Oh. I am a big fan <laughs> of paying my heat bill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I, I kind of have always grown up with either wood-burning stove or, you know, just fires outside and stuff like that. So, um, very typically, a uh, fireplace is going... And I agree with you that hot drinks are essential, but I am typically going to go and rest on hot chocolate because that's that's my go to all the <laughs> like time. How you for said, sure. I'm going to go and rest on hot chocolate. Like, yes, that makes that sense is my somehow. that is my comfort that makes drink. sense to me. Like, yeah, it's just like I you picture it. a waterbed. That's what my mind does when it receives hot chocolate. It just like <laughs> lavishly enjoys the drink. I mean, I'm... I'll be honest, I would enjoy hot <laughs> chocolate more. It's just that all morning is spent drinking coffee, and then afternoon it's drinking tea to calm down from the coffee. And then by that time, it's like, listen, I can't have sugar because I need to go to bed. So hot chocolate just never makes it. So, I like how yeah. you say I can't have sugar because I need to go to bed. Not I can't have coffee because I need to go to bed. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> caffeine is irrelevant. The sugar, though, let the me tell you. The sugar, though, man, that'll keep you awake. <laughs> listen, listen. In, in the budget of my life, coffee gets all of the... Coffee is the defense spending. It just gets spending, okay? We do know this. But I, I, it's still great to hear it. <laughs> You're welcome. 
So, yeah, I mean, coffee is always going to get the spending and sugar is just always going to get cut. That's just the way it is in my life budget. Anyway, moving on. So, yeah, yeah. you, you uh, Hiccup was saying he likes the heat. He likes hot, hot beverages. What else? I, oh, I, do, I do a lot of things to survive the cold. I'm, to me, winter extends longer than November to February or March because I'm cold very easily. But mm. <laughs> so, so it extends into June so, and July when yeah, people start turning much. on the air like, condition. July and August, maybe I'll be warm. No, but, um, <laughs> gosh, I don't even know how many blankets are in my bed right now. I've got flannel sheets. Um, I have. I wear wool socks. Which, depending on how cold it is, will they actually help? And, okay, some there's got to be some science to this, but I swear that this method works. So if you have a knitted blanket and then a regular blanket, so one that doesn't have holes in it, like some type of knitted blanket would, I... You put, if you lay the knitted blanket on top of you first and then another blanket on top of you, it keeps you warmer that way than if you were to do it the other way around, the regular blanket and then the knitted blanket. Does that make, does you see, does that make any sense? Oh, that's test it out. Weird. Just test it out. <laughs> I don't that... have a knitted blanket to test it out on. Uh, I just... Well, if I could knit, well, like, it's been a while, but. It, it's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, okay. Go just. Go get a find some my, knitted my brain or is just blanket. trying so hard Try right now to Go find to the science. Adopt a grandma and ask her if she'll make Ado- you one, <laughs> and try it out. Because what? <laughs> I don't know, guys. Okay. Okay. I mean, that is how I, I survive the cold when I sleep. Is I put the blanket. No matter how many blankets I have, there is always a yarn knitted or crochet blanket on top of me first before anything else because somehow I have found that that keeps me warmer <laughs> when yeah I don't know anyways I could go on this ramble and it's okay Warden but... really likes blankets and she swears by I them really okay like got it <laughs> blankets and I like the method to my blankets on how they keep me warmest the warmest anyway sentences are hard I've been talking to second graders all day but <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that is fair <laughs> i would say that a lot of layers and th- those are my main strategies for surviving specifically the cold part of winter that's it yeah well i mean well i do also drink warm beverages even just hot water if i want water Sometimes, depending on how cold it is, I'll just warm up some water and drink it. Yeah, plain, I can't drink but... plain cold water. Also, I realize we should probably explain what cold is because, well, okay. <laughs> when, let's when, talk when, about when, last when, year. <laughs> when we're talking about cold, we mean that in, in freedom units, we're talking about 32 degrees to I've seen as bad as negative 20. And so when you convert that into what everybody else uses, the metric system, and I looked it up, we're looking at degrees of zero degrees Celsius to about negative 30 degrees Celsius. Those are the temperatures I've seen. Uh, So, yeah. So for those of you who are using the metric, you go imagine it from there. You go. Yeah. Yeah. I think the lowest that I have seen is negative 32 and I was in college at the time, and we had a wind chill. The wind, was it like 15, 20 miles per hour, something like that? And so the wind chill was something so stupid. Oh. Like, it, it, it was somewhere, I think it started with a five, so something like negative 50 wind chill. And we were sitting there looking at the temperature going, <laughs> that's not okay that's not okay at all and then the school told us that we still had classes that day those bastards <laughs> so for the first like three hours of classes so classes started um near the seven o'clock hour and uh up until the 10 o'clock 
classes started. Everybody walked to class because that's what you did on a college campus. You walked to class. And ours was not a very big college campus. Uh, ours was actually much more tight-knit than a lot of campuses out there. Um, I, ironically, uh, not too long ago, I just went to Notre Dame and experienced their campus for the first time. And it's probably like quadruple the size of the school that I went to. So everything is much, much tighter. And yet, even that tight, even people walking in between buildings and cutting special routes to go inside and warm up to get to class, uh, two people caught frostbite. Yikes. And uh, after those two people, the school basically sent out a mass email saying, okay, enough, everything is canceled, no more. We're, we're not doing this. We're so sorry. We made a mistake. We're so sorry. <laughs> yeah. So that was intense. I remember I remember running from my dorm to the library and um, I couldn't feel my fingers and it was less than like a two minute walk. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. And I was like, man, I, I literally can't feel my hands. This feels like I've been outside doing a snowball fight for like an hour. Like, nope, two, three minutes. There you go. So, yeah, that is cold. That's what that's what cold feels like. And we definitely have seen that. I know that you guys, um, you guys have both been up up north for a pretty long time at this mm -hmm. point, right? Yeah. I mean, have either of you guys lived in an area where winter didn't happen? No, well, I've always have winter. Not, not for well, I went to Africa. I left for Africa in January one year, so that was nice. And then went and lived there for three months, but not okay. permanent. Not permanently. Have sure, I sure. But you've experienced. But, yeah. yeah. So I've I've experienced being in a warm climate, which would normally have been a cold season for where I grew up. Okay. Gotcha. So that really that kind of messes with your mind a little bit like it, it oh it yeah did, it did for me I i'm bet. like oh it is june no it's not it's the middle of january like <laughs> okay like good yep. morning sunshine like <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was weird but yeah very my, good for uh, my, my wife and i we went on a uh, week and a half trip down to the country of Colombia in South America. Mm -hmm. And we, we actually left Thanksgiving Day. And we ended up coming back. It was like the first few days of December. But while we were there, it was like 78 degrees and pretty humid. And we're just like, man, this is this is what July feels like in Indiana. Like, <laughs> what, what is this? What, what do you mean this is December? What are you talking about? And then, of course, the day that we flew back, it was like 60 degrees, perfectly sunny, and when we uh, landed in Chicago, it was negative four degrees, and it had snowed six inches the night before. And we were just kind of like, well, yep, back to reality. There we go. Yep. Uh, I mean, I have a different story. I, yeah, uh, go for it. I had to run a delivery for, you know, the warehouse job that I have, and uh, we it, this was in January, and... I remember the temperature, it was in the lower negative. So it wasn't quite negative 20, but it was still below zero. And, uh, you know, I still, I probably only worked out outdoors for an hour, just helping them move stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I was prepared, but I didn't bring my scarf. And that's going to get important because <laughs> the next day I'm like, what's wrong? And and then I realized it felt like my nasal passages, my throat, and my lungs were burning. And oh, I realized, no. oh, that's what cold air will do to your <laughs> your breathing bits. You know? Yes, indeed, they if, freeze them. <laughs> yeah, if you don't, you know, cover your nose and mouth and breathe and work outside for an hour, you know. So I mean. Again, if for some reason you don't know what winter is like, don't just think, oh, let me just stick my head in the fridge, you know? It's, it's, it's not like that at all. <laughs> um, you know, I remember one winter where 
people just couldn't show up to work because their vehicles were frozen solid. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh yeah, it was literally too cold for their en- for their vehicle engines to ignite and start. You mm-hmm. know, so yeah. yeah, so that's the cold. Do we want to talk about the sick? Because everybody gets <laughs> sick during. This. <laughs> oh, yes. Yet another reason why a lot of people disappear from work during the winter yeah, too. Yeah. I just yeah. got over some of that last week, this week. So how about you lead us in that, <laughs> Warden? <laughs> yeah. Well, part of that was because I'm just starting at a elementary school this semester, so uh, I've been Enough told said right that, there. That, yeah, I've been told that this happens to all new teachers. That well, uh, yeah, I was going to say, she's a teacher. She's not going back to elementary. Yeah, anyway, no, yeah. Like, I didn't get kicked back. Like, well, she can't multiply and divide, so we go. He's got to, no, but... Um, yeah, so there were f- three or four kids absent from the class that I'm teaching in today, which is a lot, and it's already a small class anyways, but it's going around, so I have been trying to take my vitamin C, get my sleep, build up my immunity, wash my hands, all that fun stuff, but I, I just, yeah, what is it about the cold, like... Is it that we're, is it, how am I trying to say this? In winter is, is a season that kind of forces us to feel like we should slow down. At least it does for me. And since our culture isn't very good at slowing down, is that why we get a lot of, what's that, little words? Is that why we get sick easier in the winter? Because well. we aren't ever giving our ourselves a break really we, we aren't ever really in a season that actually slows down like spring I think summer it's winter a couple fall. things i don't know because okay Just one during winter is when we have the two big holidays so people That's are consuming true. a lot more sugar they're a lot more stressed out that, yeah. uh, the adults are consuming more alcohol and i heard that sugar and alcohol both kind of suppress your immune system mm-hmm. um schools are Finishing up their semesters, people are, you know, stressed out, so hospitals are, you know, higher volume. Basically, everybody is working to accommodate for those holidays, so they're stressed out and they're overworked. You know, that just leads to more sick. Right. Um, And, like, and this is something I noticed, and this is a weird thing. I think it's weird, at least. But um, last winter, for the first time, I bought a humidifier. Because Ooh, I just got too. fed up of, uh, of my throat and my mm-hmm. nose just bleeding and being dry from the heat overnight. And I noticed last winter, I didn't get a cold. And I managed so far to avoid getting a cold this winter. <laughs> and it's the humidifier, guys. I don't know how that so- helps. The reason that that helps is because that uh, cold, dry air actually makes it much easier for viruses to travel. At least that's what I've been told um, from a couple of medical peoples that I know. Because I've asked the same thing. Um, and another big contributing factor is that uh, you know how if you have like one week that's really warm and one week that's really cold right after each other, mm-hmm. you feel like you get sniffly a lot faster and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's because your body doesn't really have time to adjust. And the amount of moisture in the air, the amount of uh, debris that is able to travel through the air, it all changes so fast that your immune system basically just isn't ready. And then you end up catching something that you wouldn't have necessarily caught if you had a slow, progressive time towards it. So the humidifier is actually really... It is a factor. Like, it is a legitimate thing. It's not just something that uh, feels like it's helping, but it's actually not. It's it's a contributing factor to the cold, dry air part because it's actually adding moisture to the air, which is softer on the lungs, too. There you go. Great. So, yeah, also, get a humidifier, guys. I got a humidifier <laughs> go. this winter, and my cat drinks out of it while it's running. Interesting. So, apparently, she also likes to drink warm water. In the winter, because it's it's a steamed humidifier. It's not just cold air. <laughs> oh, okay. So gotcha. yeah, she will drink out of it while it's running. It cracks me up. But huh? 
How about that? So, watch I, out, Captain. I'm, your cats might try and drink out of your humidifier. <laughs> that, that might also just be cats being silly buggers, yeah. as, you know, a cat parent myself. Do that. But, yeah. Do that. So, what do you guys do to, to prevent the cold or the, the sicknesses? Because I know for me, it's just pump my body full of vitamin C. Like, yeah. orange juice, fruits... Um, any sort of like extra punch sort of vitamin C drinks that I can get. Those are, those are very abundant in my life. Same here. Same here. I, yeah. I, I yeah. even get the vitamin C tablets. Yeah. Oh, okay. I do try and All get right. decent sleep still in the summer. I find that I need less sleep in the winter. I need mm. more sleep. So I try to actually yeah. do that, but that's hard to do, but. Sure. I, sure. if I. If I ever start to feel like, oh no, I'm getting sick, like like my nose starts getting irritated or my throat, like if I feel like I'm on the verge, it's just kind of like, hey, guess who's going to bed at eight o'clock tonight? You know, <laughs> I, I just try to sleep it off. Uh, okay. It works, I'd say 60% of the time. So yeah, I <laughs> also I try to cut down on sugar, which is, you know, awful to do during the winter because pies and chocolates and cookies because it's the holidays that's know? true yeah <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> so um, a, another big contributing factor to that is that people are uh, much more prone to stay inside so all of a sudden you have a ton of people staying inside in a confined space so now you have a dry air that's good at transmitting viruses and um then you have a bunch of people all in the same place. So if any of them are carrying anything, they're all close proximity to everyone else. So, yeah. So now we're all going to get it. Yay. Yeah. Which is why cold weather makes it such a heavy cold and flu season, you know? Because mm-hmm. the, the cold and flu doesn't just cease to exist during the war- warmer months. But it's just more common when people are not killing it off by... You know, washing their hands all the time or uh, taking the vitamin C that they need to, pr- to build a strong immune system, stuff like that. So, hmm. so if you're stuck inside, make sure that you have a healthy immune system and wash your hands. There you go. Everything that your mom told you to do, do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Just do it. Oh, dear. Um... Okay, so that's the sick. And related to help, um, the drivers. <laughs> related. And... Sorry. So <laughs> it's a very help. different type of sickness. <laughs> well, yeah, because some of them are sick in the head. Uh, oh. Okay, so Somebody as you can, as anyone listening can tell, we we obviously drivers. don't appreciate some drivers during the winter. No. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, before we get into this too far, I feel like, though, drivers do a good job of just showing the human condition during the winter. <laughs> because... Wow, yeah, you're so right. I, I mean, honestly, though, like, they're just being people. And people sometimes are just not very smart. And they're too prideful, or they're too arrogant, or they're too stuck on themselves to realize. Um, or they're too afraid, you know? Like... And all of those play a huge factor into what we're just going to talk about right now. Okay, so with that that so, preface, go go ahead, go ahead. I'll okay, show, so I'll show my the point. Hy- <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so no, I appreciate that. So to the hypothetical Hawaiian who is listening to this, who has <laughs> seen winter, I guess. Uh, you know, <laughs> snow and ice will dump on the road, and not every place, not every place in the heartland of America. Uh, takes the necessary precaution to make sure the roads have enough grit and are defrosted. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm somebody who grew up in the mountains, and uh, no one ever said this motto. I only, I didn't hear it until I became an adult. But the motto we had up there was basically, um, drive slow and you'll make it home. Okay? Mm. And... You know, ever since I started driving, like, like the vehicle I have now, it is built for handling bad winters, okay? <laughs> and it just baffles me when I am driving through 
three inches of snow. There's three inches of snow on the road. I'm driving through it and I am driving at a very cautious 30 miles per hour. And even I'm still thinking, you know, I probably should slow down. And this little guy in a Saturn just blasts right <laughs> by me at 40 miles an hour. And, you know, I'll look at him and I'm just like, I shouldn't think this. It's not very Christian of me, but I'm just like, <laughs> so you just want to prove natural selection. Like, <laughs> I, are you trying to make Darwin correct? You know? Oh, boy. Yeah, so, so there are, people are not smart driving. Either they're not prepared or they're overconfident in their abilities. Um, vehicles will fishtail. Vehicles will hit black ice and temporarily lose control. Um, sometimes they just won't start in the winter. And honestly, that's probably God's sign of don't go to work today. I've had that problem, uh, yeah. Yeah, Doesn't yeah. Want to so, start. Re mm -hmm. yeah, so I guess... What I'm trying to say is that when it comes time to drivers and surviving the winter, my two motto is, like I said, drive slow. For the love of God, just drive slow. <laughs> okay, drive all right. Slow. Let me, let me, I, I'm just sitting on a, pretending to be an outsider for a minute. Okay. And I'm thinking, all right, you say that you drive something that can handle a bad winter. And you know what? I'm pretty sure that guy in the Saturn that you were just describing is also thinking, my car can handle this just fine. So, yeah, to give a little clarity, what, what, what do each of you guys drive? Okay, so I drive a rather bulky, uh, earth-killing Jeep. I really, need to, <laughs> I really need to change it, but I did buy it because we had bad winters when I bought it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize just how bad the mile per gallon was. Sorry, Earth. Um, <laughs> you know. So it, it is a Jeep, and I made sure to get the all-weather wheels. Okay? Also, um, it's set on a lift. So if for some reason somebody were to drop... Uh, oh, I don't know. Even if there were, like, over a foot of snow on the ground, my vehicle would just cut right through that. You know, mm -hmm. so the difference between me and the guy in the Saturn is that I'm right. And the guy in the Saturn is wrong. <laughs> right. I was going to say the difference between you and the guy in the Saturn is like, uh, hmm, uh, yeah. five grand. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, all that to say, like, for me, my philosophy about surviving driving in the winter is, you know, please take it slow and uh, just don't drive. Like, you know, like I said in the other, in another episode, when I just think the holiday traffic is just getting too crazy, I just turn right around, go home and just wait. Okay. So Warden, what yes. do you drive? So I current, I have a 20 year old, oh no, 21 year old Toyota Avalon. It, nice. It's, it's uh, still going. It's uh -huh. a little rough, but uh, yeah, sometimes it doesn't like to start when it gets cold. Um, okay. But the tires are great, the brakes are good, and so winter, I mean, it can it can plow through a little bit of snow that it needs to right now. <laughs> so I don't have a driveway, so my options are park in my grass or park on the street. Well, I was parked on the street when we got a lot of snow, and then it froze, like it was not just nice snow you can drive through it was look like clunky mm -hmm. so my poor car i'm driving trying to get out of the street to go to work and i thought for sure i was gonna get some dents in my car it was that horrible sounding but mm. um uh but was i do um take more back roads sometimes in the winter even knowing that they might not be plowed as well, but if I know that they will have less drivers on it because yeah. I would rather deal with some more snow than more people, honestly. That's fair. I'm the same way. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. And, and too, I feel like the same people that would also choose to take back roads with more snow and less people are the type of drivers I would feel safe driving around in the winter because they have <laughs> the same mindset of I am doing this to avoid all the people that want to drive really fast on the bad road on the snow. Right, so, right. Yeah. What about you? The snow and ice, you can kind of predict for people you can't. Exactly. That's very true. Mm -hmm. Very true. 
So for me, um, currently, for my wife and I, the car that we drive the most is um, uh, 2010, I believe, Equinox. Just a Chevy SUV. So it's an all-wheel drive vehicle. It does pretty well in just about everything. Um, there have been a few little spots that, you know, you hit it and you just slide a little bit. And it's like, okay, that's that's just ice. Like, that just happens. Mm-hmm. Um, for those for those that might be listening that don't understand, um, l- legitimately, there are just spots in the road that either snow has melted and then refreezes at night or... Um, they put salt on the road to try and melt it, and then it just got too cold, so it refroze anyway. Uh, just a whole bunch of reasons why it might be there, but just spots on the road where all of a sudden you're driving over a tiny frozen lake instead of a road, and cars don't do too hot on that. So, um, yeah, even with, even in all-wheel drive, like, that's happened a couple times, you know, and nothing bad has happened because of it, but it's just something that you got to be aware of. However... When I first started driving, my first car was a 2002 Celica, which is a very low-profile, two-door, sporty Japanese car that, uh, well, frankly, it has no business being on the road when it's snowy and icy outside. (laughs) But um, the guy that I bought it from, he actually modded it out, so it had um, racing brakes on it, which was pretty unique because that meant it didn't have an anti-lock brake system. Okay, what is a racing brake? So a racing brake is designed... uh, Well, so the brakes that you guys would have on the vehicles that you've described, Mm -hmm. um, the way that they're designed, they have a a disc and a clamp that basically locks onto that disc to stop the wheel from moving. And then if it senses that it has stopped moving but the car is still moving forward and it's not getting uh, the amount of traction that it's supposed to, it will actually let go of the disc and clamp again. And that's why you get that feeling of kind of that jittering stop, you know, when you hit the brakes and it goes go, 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 go. That's because the uh, clamp releases and then clamps back on to try and find some traction point to slow the car down. Because what ends up happening is if you if you just clamp it down and slam that brake together and your wheels close up, if you're still sliding, then you're going to continue sliding. You're not just going to suddenly find traction that way. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's the anti-lock brake system. Right, yeah. exactly. So my car didn't have that. My car had, um, it still had a disc brake function, but the anti-lock system was taken out of it to basically lighten it, I suppose. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what he did it for. But he did that, and then the way that the brake was designed was to purposefully lock the tires so that you could drift the vehicle in road racing. Oh. Basically, what this guy did was he took a system that's supposed to give you safety on icy roads, and he took away that safe system. Mm-hmm. And then my parents helped me buy that car for my 16-year-old self. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so no anti-lock brake system. It had pretty pretty good, uh, well, I, I, I'm not sure if they're technically racing tires, but they were very, very, very grippy tires. So they weren't, they were definitely not all season tires, but they were designed to, whenever they got traction, to grab on really hard. And that was designed so that you could accelerate quickly. But in the winter, if you don't have something to grip onto, and they don't have a lot of tread sticking out in weird places to try and find that traction, uh, then you're gonna, again, slide a little bit easier than you would otherwise. So for me, with this two two part combo, the tires that I had on there, the no no anti lock brake system, and a really tightly wound four cylinder engine, this thing was designed to go really really quick in the first two gears, and that was about it. That was its job. That was the car's job. But in the winter, that doesn't work real well. Because there is no really, really quick in the first two gears. You just sit at the stoplight spinning your wheel. So 
when I learned I how to drive with this car, picturing the... uh, ice was not a really big deal because the car was so light that it didn't need much traction to actually stop it. It didn't have a ton of momentum to just make it keep going. You know, you think about a semi-truck trying to stop. If it hits a patch of ice, that's a lot of weight to try and slow down with limited friction on the tires. But for my car, there really wasn't that much weight to it. It was a very light vehicle. So a little bit of friction was enough to stop the car, and it was pretty much safe. And in the snow, the only problem that it had, uh, because of the tires being so grippy, it did fine driving-wise. The only problem it would have is it was so low to the ground that there were some roads that I couldn't go on because I would become a snowplow. Just the front of my car. That's all it would be, just a big snowplow. So, Your vehicle is just making me angry. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> so you put it in perspective, this Celica, I mean, the top of my Celica is probably a quarter of the way up your vehicle. So yeah. that's the size of my car versus yours. Uh, but the crazy thing was the worst thing that I ever drove in was not ice or snow, but actually slush. Ooh, yeah. So when it was like half melted, half frozen, my car wasn't heavy enough to really push away all the slush and just get to the road. But it also, um, it wasn't big enough as far as like wide enough of a vehicle to get a lot of traction in two different areas. So if I hit a very slushy spot, like everything in my car went into that little slushy spot and I would have nothing. I'd have no weight to get traction. I'd have no anti-lock brakes to slow me down. So when I figured this out, and I figured it out pretty quick the first time that I drove in the slush, I realized that I couldn't actually turn in some slushy conditions because I had no traction and I wasn't heavy enough to make my own traction. So what ended up happening, I, I learned how to drift the first winter that I owned this car because that was the only way that I could turn. I would like start approaching the intersection and then I would just click on my emergency brake, which would throw my car sideways and I would drift through the turn and then continue driving like I was a normal person. It was great. Oh God. It freaked out oh. so many people, <laughs> but it, it was, it was out. literally the safest thing that I could do. Like uh, otherwise I just drifted through intersections or ended up sliding straight through my turn and so yeah, slush, man. Ice, snow, slush. It it's just all a nightmare driving in winter. And the driver's part of it is probably the scariest because at one minute somebody's gonna be doing fifteen miles per hour because they're too afraid of the snow. And it's like you're gonna end up hitting them because you can't change lanes. And then somebody else is doing like 70 miles per hour in a 40 mile per hour zone, just like they do on a normal Monday. And uh, there's ice on the ground. Yeah. With the ice on the ground, they try to stop and it takes them at least double the amount of time to stop, which means that they don't end up stopping before they run into somebody. Or the random fishtail. So yes. Yeah. Yes. And I, I did notice none of us own a truck and trucks. I commend you people guys for, for driving trucks in the winter. I'm I appreciate the ones that know how to do it cuz it's it's hard. There's no weight in the back and all of your engines up there in the front so it just flips out the back end of your car like nobody's business. Oh. But kudos to you. Kudos to you. Remember your cinder blocks. Uh so oh, we're going to move on to the next one. We're going to talk about one um, th these are tied together. The dark because the days are shorter mm -hmm. and that that ties into the sad seasonal affective disorder. Um, so I'm just going to start right here um, for some reason, because I used to get really bad seasonal affective disorder. Uh, and for some reason, this this winter, I didn't really have it. Or if I did, I didn't notice it. Hmm. And uh, I think the only I mean, OK, I think there are two contributing factors. It was literally too busy for me to feel sad. <laughs> I know that sounds, <laughs> I know that sounds crazy. Enough. 
Yeah, it was literally too busy to feel sad. And uh, also, I feel like this winter, I have a much larger social group. Mm. Um, and I I mean, I, I'm kind of learning from therapy that like, yeah, I'm an introvert, but I also still need people. Yeah. So having a large social, a larger social group, I'm not going to say that I have a large social group, but having a larger social group than ever before, I think that kind of helped me stop from being sad. Oh. So, Yeah. That's pretty awesome, or man. Maybe it, yeah, or maybe it's just the fact that I now have two cats. Uh, I know that sounds really sad, but... That's the same know, thing as cats. a larger social network for an introvert. Yeah, man. yeah, they're part of my social network, even if, you know, they're little brats, so... Yeah, yeah so that's my story. That's legit. This so, is, yeah. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. We're both excited is, about this yeah. one, that's good. This is also the first winter I, I would say I didn't... Well, also, too, like... I feel like my rough seasons of life always happen in winter <laughs> anyway. Oh, so I'm like, is this seasonal affective no. disorder or is this my life? No, but that's <laughs> no, no, not true. That it's sounded so much worse. Other times of the year. But like uh, <laughs> other years when there wasn't rough stuff going on, I did have seasonal affective disorder, not by any diagnosis. But I mean, you know if you've got it pretty much because... They say most people probably do, but this is the first year I have consistently taken vitamin D, and I mm. have noticed a difference. Uh, really? Yeah. If, if mm. I miss a day here and there, I don't really feel it. Um, if I miss a few days, I might, but yeah, I, um, I started, I think in November, maybe or late October. I don't remember when I started taking it. And I started at 2000 I use, I think is the measurement it goes by. I could look at the bottle, but it's too far away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and now I take 5,000 now, which I think is a little bit higher than what, um, I was looking it up actually right now. I was actually curious. Uh, WebMD recommends no more than 4,000. Not oh, okay. Mayo uh, Overdosing on the sun, I see how it is. Uh, apparently. It's not an asterisk moment well, for Warden. It just says, like, <laughs> if you take over 4,000 IU a day, it can't, you might experience this stuff, like oh, okay. constipation, weakness, weight loss, confusion, disorientation. Please consult your doctor before taking <laughs> yeah, vitamin like, D. But, yeah, I think it's helped. And I know a few other people that take it in the winter, and they say mm. that it helps, so. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. yeah what, were you, um, what were you all excited about? <laughs> I was excited because um, I this, this kind of hits true to home because um, my wife and I got married in December, and uh, not the most recent December, so we've been married for a year now. Uh, with that being said, that meant that the first three months that we were married and on our own were in the darkest parts of the yeah. year. Yeah. So <laughs> one, one might not think that that's a big deal, but my wife, and she's cleared me to say this. So before anybody heckles me about telling my wife secrets, um, she, Struggles a little bit with depression. Um, and she does a really great job of working through it and still being able to interact with people and still being able to uh, do everything that she's expected to do, whether from her job or um, from other events that she's a part of. And she does really, really well with it. And I want to give her props because she's done great. However, um, winter is definitely a lot harder for her than it is during the spring or summer. And a lot of it has to do with the way that the weather feels, um, not just the sunlight. So I, I realize like days are a lot shorter and it gets darker more quickly. Um, but <clears throat> for her, a lot of it actually comes from how dreary everything feels. Because winter, especially over here in the Midwest, has a tendency to be very gloomy. Uh, clouds stick around for weeks on end, and when you, you can feel like you haven't seen the sun for weeks. Yeah, 
When you know that you live in the Midwest, if you start making jokes when the sun pops up saying, what is that bright thing in the sky? Yeah. You, yeah, you know you're in the Midwest uh, or Seattle, one of the two. <laughs> yeah, but um, <laughs> with that being said, my wife, uh, that first year that we were married, I, it was it was pretty rough. Uh, there were several days where she didn't want to do anything. There were several days where she didn't feel like she could get happy. Um, she just kind of felt like in this dark place and it was literally dark outside and it was literally gloomy and she was working nights at a hospital shift. So she saw the sun even less. Now, the way that that kind of worked itself out, um, we had a little tree that we were growing and it started wilting as well because it had no sunlight. And so we bought it a grow oh, a grow light. And we didn't think about it at first. We turned on the glow light, um, or I say glow light, I mean grow light, sorry. It's actually designed to replace the same sort of rays as what the sun is. And uh, we oh, just pointed yeah, I have it, one of those. Yeah, we just pointed it at the tree and, you know, it did a lot better and I was very grateful for it. And my wife just kind of subconsciously started sitting closer and closer and closer to the tree. And eventually I asked her about it and I was like, you know, when we first got here, you would sit on this end of the couch with me. Now you're sitting all the way over there. You did I do something? Like, did I do something to offend you or, or what's going on here? And we thought about it and we talked about it a little bit and she's like, you know, I think this light is actually doing something for me too. And so we tested it. We just it. we just tried it out and we would like leave the light on for a little bit longer from time to time. And she's like, yeah, this actually helps. I feel like this this is good. This is helping my day. So we, we live in a world where having fuzzy little uh, domesticated carnivores and uh, plants make our lives better yes it's very true it's a, and it, it's, it's it's a good scientific world. you know like um you talk to people in alaska I, I had a great opportunity up there um i went up there during the summer but as i was talking with people there they were showing me different spots like oh yeah uh in this room we change all the bulbs to uv bulbs uh in the winter and i was like what are you talking about like i get i get that you need some sort of light and they're like well yeah we have a tendency to be inside a lot more, so we literally just change all the lights in our living room to these vitamin D emitting light bulbs. And so oh. it's a very big deal for some places, especially up there when oh, it gets yeah. so dark in the winter, because um, them being closer to the poles, you know, the days are even shorter and the light is even less um, than it is where we are here in the Midwest. And so... Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy that we've developed things like we we have artificial suns. It's kind of weird to say, but we have artificial suns and they work. They are very effective. Well, uh, well to quote another podcast, uh, my favorite murder, uh, you know, whatever it takes to, you know, however you get your neurotransmitters, even if they're artificial, go do you, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, that's why I was kind of excited because um we're figuring it out, and there are definitely things that we've done to try and help. Um, exercise has definitely improved a oh, lot yeah. of things. I'm glad you. I'm glad you said yeah, that. Exercise yeah, exercise is a big deal because when you're active, it's it helps the brain feel like you can get up and go. It's it's got a little bit more energy to push forward, and so there's a tendency for people to not want to do anything when it gets dark and gloomy. Uh, so that's why going and working out at least something, you know, like it doesn't have to be going to the gym for an hour and a half every day. It's like, at least, at least get up, do something, be active. Um, and that, that definitely makes a huge difference for a lot of people because it just inspires the brain to push forward. And there are endorphins that are released that make you feel better about yourself and feel better about the situation you're in. And, yeah, it's just all, all around positive. So we have fuzzy creatures that make things better. We have fuzzy blankets that make things better. And we have exercise and warm drinks and fake suns. That's 
<laughs> that's how we survive winter. I mean, that is how we, we do just it. we just combine and... all of these things and whatever mix and match combination you need to get through winter to appreciate the flowers that come up after the snow melts all the more. Yeah. But we need these to get through the worst three months of the <laughs> it's year. So okay? true. So I do I one more note I would like to add. So okay. people, you know, put Christmas lights up around their house around Christmas. And I used to wonder why do people leave their lights up way after Christmas? That's ridiculous. But now that I'm older and wiser, I appreciate it <laughs> a lot more. Because I realized, like, yeah, it's still dark. It's still gloomy. Why not keep your lights, your Christmas <laughs> lights up through January? Like, that's, that's good for you. Like, I, okay. I have some in my she, neighborhood that do that. But. Okay, for those who are not aware, there's a tradition here in America. Uh, during the holidays, people put up these decorative, festive <laughs> Christmas lights everywhere and i mean everywhere windows their houses cats dogs um mostly their houses but um yeah, no, yeah. and i mean it, it's an unspoken social rule that you're kind of supposed to take it down after christmas <laughs> some people leave it out till spring okay, but let's, let's be clear though the inflatables all the non-essentials that don't light up after Christmas, like those don't need to stay up after Christmas. Just the lights, like just the pretty lights. We don't need. I like how there are conditions. In, like, like, yeah, you're allowed to leave the lights up, but your happiness can only on. go so far. Only leave the it front door like, light on. No. <laughs> it sounds like the warden needs to tell us about our next episode. No, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> so. Confessions of warden uh, against the. Anti-Christmas anti January writing. movement. Anti-Christmas January. It's like pro-Christmas uh. January, but anti-Christmas January. <laughs> I don't, I don't Pro-Christmas with conditions. With, yes. <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. goodness. Any, so any, any, other, any other tips, tricks, notes, anything that we need to know for surviving winter better? No, I think... Uh, is that all we? Got. That's all we can bring to yeah. the table. Good luck. Best. Stay warm. <laughs> Good luck. Stay warm. If you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more, go subscribe to help us survive.